Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pat Flanagan's Jam Space. Take two. I was uh, recording, I was like 20 minutes in, 10 minutes in, maybe, I don't know. Uh, and my computer crashed. So, take two. We're doing this again. Probably will end up being shorter than I wanted it to be, but uh, I guess that's good for everyone. Um, December 9th, only a few days after the other one, and um, between my crashes, I figured out this thing. So, this should look good on YouTube as, as opposed to the other episode. In any case, we're actually going to talk about band stuff, music stuff this time. Uh, we're going to have a blast. Pat Flanagan's Jam Space. Welcome, everyone. Um, yeah, take two, man. I don't know. I was. I don't know if my computer... Uh, something happened. And I was in the middle of, um, of, of recording, and my user sort of, like, uh, shut down or logged out. So I had to just log back in, and everything was just shut down, like... Logic hadn't saved anything, and OBS was weird, my camera was weird, anyway. So, um, I was looking at the file, and it was super choppy again, because if you've watched episode 16, uh, Pat Flanagan's Jam Space number 16, uh, it's my first attempt at recording these, um, for YouTube, at putting these on YouTube, and the beginning is really kind of choppy, and then it, I think it gets better by the end, and I hope, I hope this one's gonna be better. Uh, if not, well, uh, you know what they say, a, um, good-sounding, shitty-looking video is easier to watch than a good-looking, shitty-sounding video. In terms of sound, I'm still burping. Sorry, I'm still uh, using the uh, the tonor, toner Q9 uh, that was sent to me. I think it's doing a good job so far. I'm still kind of scared with the P's and the B's for popping, because all I have is that little foam sock. I think next time I might use a pop filter or something like that. But uh, this will do for now, for today. Uh, I keep looking here. Because I have a monitor right there, so I just want to see if the shot looks good. But uh, look at that. Whew. But uh, yeah, I mean, this this is a cool setup. I like it. If if the video looks good, I mean, we're we're set, man. We're gonna fucking make podcasts all the fucking time. If you're just listening on Anchor or Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts, welcome to the audio version, the OG version. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> the OG version. Okay, it's not a slip or anything like that. It's just because I'm French and tired. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's weird because I'm just repeating exactly what I was saying a little while ago. Uh, because first and foremost, I just made a video about this subject that you can uh, look at in the description, I guess. Or just go on YouTube and uh, look for the video title, whatever it ends up being. I haven't decided yet. And, uh, and, and second, I started this podcast before my computer crashed. In any case, um, band stuff um, today. It's uh, something that I have experience with, that I've made mistakes with, that um, the bands I've been in have uh, either managed well or not so well. In any case, I put together a list of things I think your band should do with um, the money you start making. Um, before we get into that, I guess, um, updates, I guess, or something. Um, I launched the channel. I uplo I started uploading the podcast on the podcast channel. If you're watching this, you're on that channel. Uh, you might notice that they're kind of weird episode numbers and updates and whatever, and the energy's not the same, the content's not the same, and whatever, but... Basically, what I'm doing is that I am going through the back catalog, so the first 15 episodes that are audio only, and making sure that they're all right, sort of, you know, fine, and that I don't say ridiculously 
outrageously stupid shit that I just don't want to be on YouTube forever. And then once I've listened to it, I upload it on YouTube. Uh, it takes a while because it's an hour long and uploading and all that stuff. So what you're seeing is like, for example, this week, it's like episode 16, which is the first episode that I posted on the YouTube channel. And then you see like episode one and two or something. However, I, I just finished episode two. So um, you're going to see like one and two and then you're going to see 17. But it's just because I'm uploading the, the back catalog as I continue making uh podcasts you know right now up-to-date podcasts um so it won't matter in a couple months anyways you'll have playlists and whatever it's just right now if you're watching this as it comes out um it's kind of weird but you know that's it otherwise uh look at this look at this baby look at this thing not the light this thing yeah that is a um um 70s acrylic pearl drum set uh, from Japan that uh, my friend Vince sold me so um, sold to me so I sold Mr. Green I used to call him uh, my big uh, my big Mapex drums uh, my kit uh, that I loved I really loved that kit but I wanted something different something vintage and uh, I have this now I'm fucking stoked about it man I came in here like 5.30 played for an hour and a half and then uh, went to eat dinner and then came back made a video made a first attempt at this podcast and now making a second one so probably not an hour because I'm getting really tired uh, but uh, we'll try to get through this um, yeah uh, let's get right to it actually um some background, first and foremost. Uh, you know, I, I, I was trying to find uh, good things to talk about uh, for, for this week's video and for the podcast and whatnot. And I have a list full of things. And um, this, this thing came up with like, oh, what to do with the money your band's making. I'm like, yeah, that's a good subject. It's a good thing. Because there were so many mistakes that we made as a band. Um, I'm talking most likely with Bad Captain, but like with Horse Dog and like, it's like I didn't learn my lesson and the, I mostly made mistakes with the first bands I had and whatnot. So I'm going to talk to you about I'm kind of awkwardly lounging <laughs> by the end of the fucking video. I'll be like, yeah, so thanks for listening. But, uh, yeah, I made a lot of those mistakes early on. And then eventually Bad Captain's probably the, the, where we did the most, the right things, but Again, wait, there's one thing we did that we maybe shouldn't have or probably should have waited like a year to, to do. And uh, then with Horse Dog, we just didn't never made enough money to get to step two. So, <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, I, I think I have enough experience and I've made uh, enough mistakes to uh, educate you on the matter. And the matter is, what should you do? What you do to do with the money that your band is making? So you're in a band that's you know a typical I don't know rock band, pop band, whatever it is, and you're playing shows, you're playing bars, and people you know pay for a ticket five bucks ten bucks whatever and uh at the end of the show you've made some money it could be a hundred bucks it could be 500 bucks maybe it's an album launch and you made a thousand dollars um there there's some steps some things i think you should do with that money it's not perfect advice it's just before you cash out but like before you pay yourself and just go and dr you know drink that money um there are other things i think you can do that will uh sort of develop the snowball effect and uh, enable you to make your band into a money uh, generating thing rather than always having to dump money in the band because I've done a lot of that. <laughs> You're always probably going to have to do that anyway, but there, um, there's a way to um, alleviate some of that uh, financial burden of being in a band that's attempting to play and to reach other cities and other places and open for other people and touring and all that shit. So um, 
let's say you're, you know, you made a demo in, in your jam space or something, and you're playing a couple shows, and you made some money. The first thing you should do is buy merchandise. Get somebody who I'm scared because when I said merchandise the first time, my fucking computer crashed. But I think the first thing you should do is find an artist or if you have an artist in your band or if you want to go really simple and minimal, minimalistic um, or minimalist. Anyway, you know what I mean? Um, get a T-shirt with your fucking logo on it. And there, I mean, it's, I've done that several times. Can I do this? You see that? It says horse dog merch. Right there, still have some t-shirts from the horse dog days. But um, one of the first things we did with Bat Captain, which was a decade ago, was get merch. Um, because we, we, we were playing shows and I did that with my bands before that. It's, you know, you're, 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 you played three shows, things are going well, and you think you sort of have a thing going on and you're gonna play more shows, um, you might as well have a merch table and one, two, three, five, whatever, how many designs you can afford and sizes you can afford. Just make sure you have something to sell. Um, uh, of course, you're probably gonna sell your, your EP, your album or whatever you created and you know, vinyl, CD form, but make sure you have something to sell because simple, math, simple economics, if you have something to sell and then you make money out of that, you then have more money to buy more stuff, to sell more stuff, to make more money. Goes on and on, right? Um, so that first run of merch, you're probably going to have to uh, all pitch in, you know, if somebody, you know, somebody, I don't know, let's all put in uh, 200 bucks and together you buy this first run of merch, uh, you should probably make sure it's a black t-shirt with a white logo or design or something like that. Or maybe you're, you're more creative than I am. But uh, make sure you have something simple that you know everybody's going to like and that people are going to buy to support the band because they know you're starting out. And if you're a good band and if, you're, if it's going well and whatnot, you're going to sell those t-shirts. And then um, what's great about that is that, for example, with Bad Captain, we had four, five different designs, I think, and on... Uh, different form factors. So like we had t-shirts, we had tank tops, we had hoodies, and we had just, I guess, jogger like hoodies without the hood. What do you call those? They cut on what you want me to say? I don't know what they're called. Just like regular jumpers, like uh, just crew neck, crew neck, cotton thing. You know, without the anyway, so um, they were great, and um, we we sort of uh, sold out of one really fast, and you know the tank top and this design did good, and then oh the the um, the hoodie and that design didn't do as well as the hoodie and those you know this other design, so you know as you play shows more and more and sort of. Uh, you start to, to effectively do a, and you can analyze and you can do sort of sales reports as to what sells and what works and what doesn't work. And then you can use the money you sold, the money you made by selling that merch to either uh, refresh or buy more of the merch that's working. And then you can eliminate the merch that's not working. It's basically like anything. If you run a business and you have product or whatever, you're going to buy more of what's working and get rid of what's not working. So you can have the same sort of mindset with your merchandise. And like we did that. I remember the, uh, maybe third run of merch that we did. <laughs> All we did was like the two designs and tank top and crew neck and hoodie. And that was, and like, we just kept selling more and more of that. That was like our, 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 our pain show, our like, I'm, I'm good with the French expressions today, I guess. But um, yeah, it's, you know, and you just figure out what works and you introduce new designs and whatnot. And again, I'm assuming that your band is a, is playing shows and that you're, you're not just rehearsing in your jam spot. You're actually... Uh, you know, let me, uh, there we go. You're actually, you know, 
putting yourself out there, opening for other bands or headlining or playing shows, you know, merch is really, really a great way to make money. Okay. I gotta find step two. I had Chrome open and my computer crashed. I'm sorry. Um, I could keep talking about merch, man. I think it's a it's a great uh, thing. By the way, you're gonna hear a lot of of drumming and um, screaming and all that. There's a fucking awesome band right like next door that is uh, that's been jamming since like eight o'clock and they're fucking loud. So, uh, but they're nice. They're fucking solid band. So, I don't mind. I hope you don't mind. Let me just find my thing. You can listen to the band as I find my list. I just, the reason why I, I found it. The reason why I want to uh, go by my list and not what, out of what I remember off the top of my head is that they're in order. So I wanted to make sure <clears throat> that I had the order correct. So first thing, merch. Second thing I think you should do is build an emergency fund. And that's really hard to do, but it's extremely important. It's something... I think we did, probably, um, to a certain extent with all of my bands. It's just keep money aside. Like, you don't have to open an account or whatever. You can keep it in your little lunchbox uh, cash register that you carry at every one of your gigs or whatever. Um, but I think you should try and save up. Uh, and that's why the, 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 the lists are in that order. It's always considering you've done the thing before. So considering you have merch and that ball's rolling and whatever, considering playing shows, considering your, your, your band's good and people are booking you, um, as, as the, the sort of merch thing is happening on its own, make sure you leave some money aside for an emergency fund. And um, it's just because, let's say, let's say you're playing a gig outside of your hometown. Um, and you, you know, maybe you don't own a van yet or nobody owns a car or something like that. You're going to rent a truck, right? You can use that money that you all indirectly put in there, you know, to rent a van, which is going to benefit everyone. I'm not saying like, oh, emergency fund, I'm going to go buy myself a new Les Paul. No, I'm saying emergency fund, let's, uh, rent a van, uh, instead of borrowing, you know, my brother-in-law's 1989 Ford, whatever, or GMC Safari, and let's stay at a motel instead of staying in the van. So you can use that money for that. It's kind of a touring fund, I guess. The reason why I call it an emergency fund is what if you're on the road and the truck breaks down and then you have to pay for towing? Or what if, I don't know, somebody's sick, you have to go buy gravel at fucking shoppers. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe you want to, uh, I don't know, go to a restaurant or something. I don't know. Maybe, you know, you want to use it for that. Uh, it's always good to have an emergency fund in life and as a band. Um, I don't know what kind of amount you want. Like, is it a hundred bucks or is it a thousand dollars or anywhere in between? But I think as you become more serious and start playing shows and start, um, uh, uh, you know, getting out, outside of your uh, hometown and comfort zone, it's good to have some money aside. If shit hits the fan, you're not going to be uh, fucked. And you're not, sorry, that's the only way I have to, I can sort of put it. And that way there's no burden on one person or anybody's, you know, credit card or if, you know, you're all broke or whatever, you know that at least it's really tempting to use it, but at least, you know, you know, we can go on the road because we have this $500 that we can use if something happens, if we, uh, if we lose something or if, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, I have so many examples, like a snare head breaks, like you're playing, I don't know, sound check and the snare head's fucked. 
some people would say, oh, it's up to the drummers to do that. But maybe bands that are really tight would say, no, let's use the emergency fund. We'll go get a couple drum heads and, you know, we'll get a pair of drumsticks and everybody gets new strings. All right. We use the emergency fund. We kind of indulged there a little bit, but at least you're all fresh. You're all cool. It's money that you put together in the band, the emergency fund. Number two, I think most important thing. Moving on to number three. Uh... It's all about investing, by the way. Did I mention you shouldn't pay yourself when you're in a band like that? Um, unless you're in a, a more corporate band, and that's usually not what I'm talking about. It's not where I come from, and I never did that. But if you're in a more sort of corporate band that plays weddings and 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 bar mitzvahs and events and all that stuff, and you chances are you're probably getting more money anyways because there's more money to be made there. And chances are you're not buying merch and whatever. And um, again, chances are you're always getting paid. You're you're in that circuit. You're in that scene to get paid. Um, if I take my friend Stefan, for example, who's been on the podcast, the only guest on the podcast so far, um, uh, he does a lot of that and he gets paid. Like that's, that's part of, it's one of his uh, jobs. He's an educator and he also plays gigs. He's a hired gun, hired musician. He's a, he is one hired musician for, uh, for events and gigs and stuff like that. So, um, that's an environment where you're getting paid. You don't necessarily need to invest in, uh, the, the band itself or the longevity of the band. You may do it if you're in this one band that does a lot of events or whatever, but chances are you're always getting paid like that. Another, oh, they opened the door. It's going to be fucking loud. Uh, Another exception would be if you're in a band that has hired guns or hired musicians. So let's say like you're you're in a, a three-piece band or you're just this one singer-songwriter and you're playing four shows, let's say in Ontario or something, and you hired two or three musicians, you got to pay those guys, right? So that's always, um, that's always, we that's understood. What, what, when I'm talking about when it turns, when it comes to, to, fuck, I'm getting tired, man. <laughs> well, what I'm talking about when it comes to not paying yourselves is if you're in one of those like typical, you know, rock or pop bands or something in this, like four or five guys or dudes or dudettes or whatever, who are in a band together trying to make it. Okay. I'm sure there's still a couple of those out there. Um, whatever money you make, just put it back in the band. That's the whole point of this podcast slash video podcast. Video cast? No, no. Remember when people used to say video log before vlog? Anyway, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, number three. It's all about investing. And number three is um, investing in your next release. It's kind of a broad term to say that you should... Um, Again, like it's hard to talk about this thing, understanding how hard it is to make money in an indie band. But um, these are all things that we did. And chances are you have no idea who Bad Captain was or what Bad Captain was, like the band. You don't know who I am. And I managed to do all these things. And I'm not by any means am I... By any means, uh, have I ever been like su successful or signed or anything like that? I I have always been indie and have always been relatively unknown. I have played, you know, with Bad Captain maybe fifty shows, not I don't know, and like some were successful. We opened for a couple, like we f flew, like we saw the sun. We never flew close, like we, you know what I'm saying? Like we saw it. And we're like, we could get, we could fly close to the sun, but like we felt it. We felt the heat. What I, what I mean there is that we almost tasted what being in like a, a real indie uh, successful band uh, could have been. We felt it. Uh, yeah. And then we fucked up and we disbanded. <laughs> and here I am now <laughs> doing this alone in my jam space for you people.
I love you. Thanks for listening or watching. <laughs> but so what I mean is that it might seem like, yo, you're talking about like making all this fucking money, but we didn't make a lot of money with Bad Captain, yet we managed to do all the things I'm about to tell you. So um, <laughs> number three should be to invest in your next uh, recording. And that's something we did to a certain extent before we started fucking up. Um, what I mean by that is that uh, maybe your next recording is your first recording. Let's put it that way. That's something we did right. So before Bad Captain was Bad Captain, or before Horse Dog was Horse Dog, before Pat Flanagan was whatever, uh, I made demos. I, I always make demos. I'm always writing, and I make the demos at home or here in Logic, and before that, GarageBand. And that was a recording. So um, before Bad Captain was Bad Captain, we released an EP under another name um, on iTunes, and it was all stuff that I produced myself in GarageBand. So when we started playing show, when we put the band together and started playing shows and whatnot, we got merch. We did that like a one run of t-shirts. We, we made 500 bucks out of it. But fucking we had one run of t-shirts. Then we made sure we had some money left if like we wanted to do something. And then we uh, or like if we wanted to go out of town or whatever, we had like a bunch of money just from merch sales and whatever. It's OK. That's the money we're not putting back into uh, merch sales. It's our emergency fund. And then when we're like, OK, we want to record an album now. Um, the money that we're making or whatever, plus, of course, money that you're going to have to pitch in. You have to because shit's expensive, especially recording. Uh, we're going to put it into making our recording. Um, but if you're more advanced of a band, does that make sense? If you're in a more advanced band, you've been through that stuff and you're still generating kind of income. Whether, I don't know, man, maybe the band is your side thing and you work a full-time job or maybe... You're lucky enough to be in a band that actually makes money. In this case, you're, you're not watching this. You're far better at knowing what to do with your band than I am because I never got there. But if, uh, you know, in the typical, you have a day job, you're in a band that plays every week or whatever, um, make sure that you uh, plan some money for your next release. And there are different roads to go in terms of, of where you're gonna put your money. If you wanna go the full DIY route, maybe you buy recording gear. So a good sound card, preamps, a compressor, monitors, whatever, like for sure there's one of you guys that has that. But um, if you're gonna go the studio route or a professional route or whatever, you have to think of paying maybe a producer or uh, renting studio time. Maybe you want to rent better amps or a better uh, drum set or something like that, like for the album. So um, point number three is really like investing in your next release because you're only you always have something to look forward to when you're in a band like that. It's usually your next album, your next project, um, and I think it's it's great to leave some money aside and always plan on like, oh, maybe we can hire you know Eric Valentine for this next one. Make sure you have a lot of money. <laughs> but I don't know, maybe you you want to record at like this one studio downtown that you've always wanted to record at, and it costs like, I don't know, a grand a day or something like that. I don't know, maybe you save money for that. Uh, but the general point is, make sure you save money for your next release. That's point number four. Three, sorry. Point number four is kind of a, it's cousin. It would be to invest money in your live performance. And um, it's almost more important because uh, as far as my experience goes, live is really where you're going to make money. Releasing music, trust me, doesn't get you much. Unless, I mean, as far as I'm concerned. Um, in, in my entire, I don't want to say career because I don't think I have that. In my entire experience as an independent musician, uh, streaming and iTunes sales are the things that have brought me the least amount of money. What has paid us or me the most are merchandise sales, hence the number one. And then it's 
the performance itself, which kind of makes people buy more shit, or at least download, or at least come to your show more. So um, investing in your live performance could be something like getting an effects rack with a reverb unit so that the singer and the back vocalists or the back vocal singers or whatever, um, you guys have your own reverb unit. So you don't have to, wherever you play, you know that you're going to sound the same. Or maybe in that effects rack, there's a, a comp or there's, I don't know, an effects unit. Maybe there's a sound card if you want to include samples in your live performance. Uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, you buy road cases or something. It's something that, that, that we had just started doing with Bat Captain and we never got to really apply it because um, we wanted to do samples and we just got too busy playing. <laughs> so we never got to actually work on incorporating samples because we just practiced and played. But uh, I remember after the launch of the first uh, album, we had a bunch of money and we did exactly like that's where that list came from. We did exactly what I'm saying. Like we we had two grand or something like that from one album launch. Everybody bought a CD like that. We're talking 2012. So $10, everybody bought a fucking CD. And we had like a small run of t-shirts and we had this deal where you could buy a CD and a t-shirt for 20 years. I don't remember. But in any case, like we had at least two grand. So first thing we did, we went, okay, let's rebuy some of that merch, kill that merch and get something new. Boom. And then we left like 200 bucks, maybe just like I said, for emergencies. And then the rest, we bought a sound card with that because we wanted to incorporate um, samples in our live show to make the show better. If the show's better, more people will come. Hopefully more people come, the more option, the more chance you have of converting those people into customers. <laughs> That's fucking, ah, ah. I work in marketing, but um, yeah, it's just the more people you have there, the more chance you have of people supporting your band. Okay, let's put it that way um, in, a, in a very romantic way. Uh, but what you want is for those people to support you and either leave money in the tip jar or buy your vinyl, buy your merch, and that way you're making more money and more money is good. Uh, it's going to help you um, take your creative vision to wherever you want to take it. There we go. Huh? Here's a good way. Um, so yeah, that's number four. Re I think um, considering you've done all those things and I would say write on par with number three, uh, which is investing in your next release. It depends where you are in your album cycle, if you want to call it that. If you're still following that sort of... Um, old school album cycle thing um you know where you you record an album and then you play 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 and then you take time off from playing to write and then you record and then you start that all over again um but i'm sure that everybody is you know depending on what kind of artist you are chances are you're just releasing singles and playing and it's all intertwined so wherever you are in that mindset you either want to invest in your next recording like get the next producer beat maker the next piece of gear that's going to help you in recording or get the next you know sound guy or piece of gear that's going to help you play better so three and four right there okay number five number five is as far as i went in terms of managing a band uh, that I was in, again, bad captain, but um, it's as far as I went. And looking back, it was a great learning experience, but it was, um, I don't want to say a mistake. It was a good learning experience because had we kept going, it would have been the natural thing to do. I just think that we did it too soon. I also have a bonus, sorry. I also have a, um, a, a sort of a bonus tip that I threw in the video that I'm going to talk about too. Um, it's more important than I'm going to say now, but I think uh, you should still think about what I'm going to say, okay? As I say it. That makes sense? <laughs> um, number five would be to 
consider incorporating. Now, I am not very comfortable talking about that, not because I, I, I'm private or whatever, it's just because I don't know anything about it. All I know is that we did it, and we did it because we wanted the advantages of being a small company, such as getting loans from the government of Canada and like, what's it called, Fa uh, FACT? Factor? Much factor? I don't remember. But uh, there's essentially an organization in Canada that gives grants to bands so that they can tour. It's like tour support or album support and whatnot. You can ask for the amount of... And you have to be incorporated, if I'm not... If I remember correctly, correctly, you had to be incorporated to ask for those. I'm just trying to figure out how they... Is this light any useful? I don't know. It's kind of... It's a nice shorter line. Anyway, so uh, yeah, you had to be incorporated to do it. So that's why we did it. Um, we also wanted to... Uh, get you know some of the tax write-offs that you even though like we the band started uh, even though the band had started to sort of fall apart uh, almost immediately after we incorporated not, not because we incorporated but for other reasons um, so we never got to sort of um, take advantage of like the tax write-offs and putting the you know uh, putting the truck under the company and all that stuff but we were sort of starting like the band was buying merch as a company and also like we wanted to um, relieve ourselves of any responsibilities when it comes to legal stuff and that's like I say that with much hesitation because I'm Again, I'm not sure what I'm talking about, but if I'm not mistaken, you know, if Bad Captain gets sued and it's just a band, then it's individuals getting sued. Like, or I'm getting sued by whatever, like a bar, recording company, individual, whatever happens. Um, whereas if they sue the band, like the company, you know, we can, if we get sued, the, co the, the company itself gets sued. So the asset, but again, like I'm talking about I'm right out of my ass right now. I, I'm really not um, the right person to listen to when it comes to that kind of advice. And that's why it comes with a fair warning. Um, and this is really for advanced, I call that advanced band. Okay. Are you like level 60 band? Okay. You should do this. But uh, no, it's for bands that are um, on their way. Like you, there's something coming. Like you've been talking to indie labels and you've been talking to, to producers who are connected to label. And like, I'm not saying like, oh, I know this guy who knows this guy. No, no, no. You have, you know, two offers or you have a contract on the table. You should incorporate. I think again, if, if I'm, if I'm mistaken, please, uh, let me know what else should be done. You can contact me on Instagram and uh, and uh, Twitter. Tap that flag again. But <clears throat> I think it's the good, the right thing to do because you're protected and you get the tax write-offs and all that. And uh, it's it's you detach your own self, your own financial situation from the company. It becomes a company and you're responsible for it. You know, there's a president, there's a vice president, whatever, sort of. But it's the company that's doing that business. The record label will sign the company. I just, again, what do I know? I've never been offered anything by a record label, but I would imagine that like the label will would sign the company and not individuals. I, I don't know. Uh, that's why it comes with a, 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 again, a fair warning, but I think it's something that... Um, Bands who, that are successful should consider. Um, we did it with Bad Captain, and that's the fucking theme of this video. We did it with Bad Captain back in the day, but uh, we did it. It was super expensive, a lot of paperwork, um, and then we didn't play a lot that year. We ended up uh, pretty much almost like breaking up. Alex left. Then we were like, oh, yeah, let's, let's stay a band. Let's keep the company a thing. And then year end uh, came about and the accounting fees were like 
fucking 800 bucks or something. I don't remember exactly, but they were expensive for nothing because we hadn't bought anything. We hadn't sold anything. We had nothing to declare, but still we had to file the paperwork and all that. So for us, really not worth it. And I kind of almost want to make a whole video, maybe not a whole podcast episode, uh, definitely a segment, but uh, a whole video warning people not to incorporate because chances are you're not there yet. And I don't know when you need to do that because I've never uh, been there because we did it with Bad Captain and it was kind of too early. And I don't know when I would do it myself. And I don't know if I would even do it because I could just be, um, I could just be like an, a, um, autonomous, uh, a self-employed. That's, that's the, the literal translation from French is autonomous worker pretty much, which means self-employed. Um, if I started making money with this podcast or YouTube or whatever, my music, I could, uh, just file my taxes as self-employed on top of my job or whatever. Again, I don't know. I would have to probably talk to an accountant about that. Um, and then I could report back or have the, the, that person on, but, um, yeah, to which point you want to incorporate. I'm not sure. All I know is that we did it because it, we thought it was the right thing to do. We had to do it to get a grant from the government of Canada, which we never got anyway. <laughs> they didn't select us. And then, uh, I'm just, Sorry, listeners, I'm just messing with the light behind me. But um, all I know is that we, uh, we, we really didn't take advantage of that, uh, nor did we really have the chance. So uh, that's why there's a warning. Okay? Okay? Don't do it right away. Just make sure you talk to a financial professional before you do that. Um, bonus tip. It's a bonus tip. And the only reason why it's a bonus tip is because I'm on the fence about it. I don't know if you should do it or not because I don't... Like it, there's so many, it depends if in this one that I'm not sure what you should do. Um, and it's to, uh, get a van. Should you, should you not? I don't know. Should you get a van? I don't know. Um, we got a van. We did it with that captain back in the day. Uh, we did it and we loved that van. That was a great idea until it wasn't until it start until we went to Toronto with a trailer in the back and it cost like fucking 200 bucks of gas to get there. And then we couldn't park anywhere. It was a pain in the ass to move to haul everywhere. And we, I remember I have to show a picture. Maybe I'll put the picture up when, uh, when this comes out, but there's a picture of us in a motel in, um, uh, either, um, Hamilton or something like that, where we're standing in front of a van and, and like of the van, sorry, with the trailer. And that's how we got it parked at the motel because we, we were so long with the van and the trailer that like we couldn't park anywhere. Anyway, um, we loved that van. We kept it for a long time. Well, maybe not, but like long after the actual band was dead and I kept it for a while. We kept paying for it because it was under my name, like my own uh, personal loan. But um, yeah, we paid for that shit, man. And then we sold it for pennies on the dollar and we lost a bunch of money. Um, when you think about it, like the, the thing is only Rick had a car back then. So it didn't make a lot of sense, but, um, the reason why it's a bonus tip and it's kind of like, what do you think? Uh, and I'm on the fence about it is cause today <clears throat> I, I wouldn't get one. Uh, first of all, because I'm alone, I'm a uh, solo artist, I guess at this point, whatever I am. And, uh, if I were still in like a rock band, uh, I have an SUV, Rick has an SUV, um, you know, any Stefan has a has a like station wagon, like a long uh, hatchback. There's more than enough space and seating for people and gear in that case because we're all older and we have um, 
we have cars. Uh, back then, we all lived in the same apartments. Nobody had a car except Rick. So it made sense to uh, buy a van together and um, have a van for us to move to the, the, you know, the place where we played the show at and have our gear. The only thing about that van, to keep, keep ranting about the fucking van, is that it really didn't have a lot of uh, storage space. So it was this... Was it a GMC? It was a Chevrolet. A Chevy something heavy duty whatever and it had side doors and it had floors hardwood floors had been converted and the middle like it had a hole for a table and it had rotating captain seats in the middle the back was like a whole banquette right a whole like seat and if you wanted to so what you could do is remove the back seat which we did a lot you remove the back seat then you have some space for gear like a little bit and i remember we used to sit four did we put the back seat in the front? Anyway, I don't remember. Maybe uh, maybe Nick can help me out with that if you're still listening to this podcast. But um, yeah, I think we used to take the back seat, put it in the front, and then three people could sit, and then two, and then we have a bunch of gear. But we usually used to... Um, I'm just checking my watch to make sure uh, Pam's not texting me because it's kind of late. So, Or we used to just remove the middle seats and put all the gear there, and then you had people sitting in the front and the back. Anyway, it really wasn't the perfect van to buy, but it was so cool. We loved it so much. Um, anyway, bonus tip, maybe, maybe get a van, maybe not. I don't know. It depends how old you are, uh, where you are in life, um, on your situation and whether, how big your band is. Like if you're in a heavy metal band, maybe you need a van or maybe you just rent one every single time you go out on tour, you might actually save money. Um, I recommend you do the math on that because like a van would be what, like two, five, six, eight grand, maybe. I don't know what kind of van you're getting. Uh, plus gas, plus insurance, plus who takes care of it. Is it under the company if, you're, if you've done that already? Or is it under somebody's name? Can you trust that? I mean, not trust. Obviously, if you're in a band fucking buying a van, you, you trust the guy. But can this person take the financial burden if somebody loses their job or whatever? Like, it's a lot to think about. And uh, it was like we were young and foolish at the time and we did it and it worked out. But I think we were lucky. But it did take luck before. Like we had to repair the thing. We had to get rid of the thing. And we had to we sold it for like a grand or something after paying it. I don't know, fucking eight. I want to say eight, ten. Oh, fuck. It was so expensive. But uh, uh, yeah, so that's why I'm on the fence. Like if you if you have a couple cars, man, chances are you, you can go on the road with those. And they're already paid for. I mean, or being paid. You're paying the insurance already. It's just a, you know. Everybody ships in for gas or just rent. Just rent from Les Garés, man. Not sponsored. Um, so yeah, number number four tip. The bonus one. Um, that's it, man. 38 minutes. Not bad. Not bad. They don't all have to be an hour long. All right. Shorter. Shorter ones. And uh, um, um, most of all, very informative. Uh, I hope you like this format. Um I want to do an outro, I guess, but I don't have the little outro music. Usually I drag, so what I'll do is I'll drag the intro, the outro music, uh, and then start talking about it and try to meet the end, but I'm going to do uh, the opposite. Instead, I'm going to just do my outro, and then I'll put the thing afterwards, and it, it'll sound better like that, hopefully. Anyway, um, thank you for watching. If you're watching on the channel, um, if you're a company who wants to, uh, you know, maybe partner with me, um, you're crazy, but... Thank you. I'm interested. <laughs> if you're a beer company who wants to partner with me, 
thank you. I'm interested. And um, if you're a um, first-time watcher, listener, viewer, whatever, you can hit subscribe. You can hit like. It really helps me out. We can grow this tiny little channel together. If you're one of the listeners on Anchor or Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcast, or Propcast, or whatever app they're coming up nowadays to stream podcasts, thanks for listening. You made it all the way. Um, I really appreciate that you are spending time to hear my voice. Um, I'm actually quite surprised, but thank you for doing so. And I guess I will see you maybe next week. Oh, one a week for three weeks? That'd be a record. Um, yeah, you can uh, contact me. It's at Pat Flanagan on Twitter. Don't do it. I hate Twitter. Not Facebook either. Most likely Instagram. Just write me an email, pat at badcaptain.com. I still use that. And uh, otherwise, you know what? I'll see you most likely next week. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. And uh, I'll see you next time.